Welcome to the FCA Palm Beach County Podcast, your go-to source for all things faith, community, and athletics in our amazing county. I'm your host, Jason Banzoff, and today we have a Super Bowl special lined up for you that's going to ignite your spirit and passion for both sports and faith. In this exciting episode, we have the honor of welcoming a true gridiron legend, none other than the incomparable Willie Rofe. As we gear up for the biggest game of the year, join us as we delve into the remarkable journey of this Hall of Famer. From his days dominating the trenches to his retirement in South Florida, Willie Rofe isn't just a football icon. He's an inspiration to athletes and believers alike. Now sit back, relax, and get ready to be moved by the incredible story of Willie Rofe, only on the FCA Palm Beach County Podcast. Let's dive in. Hey, Willie, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, just an honor to have you on here, Willie. I remember uh, just as a kid watching football, I remember your name. I remember watching you. Even though I was a Dolphins fan, I still remember watching some Saints game, watching some Chiefs games, and uh, just getting to see you out there. And um, for those of you who don't know Willie, um, Willie is a Hall of Fame uh, offensive lineman, played with the New Orleans Saints, and played with the Kansas City Chiefs, which the Kansas City Chiefs are uh, getting ready to play in the Super Bowl. Willie, how are you feeling about that? I feel good. It's going to be... <laughs> It seems like it's a ritual now, right? Four, four yeah. five years. So, uh, my hats off to him, man. I mean, uh, I don't. A lot of them guys that have been there for four or five years don't really know how how hard that is to get to. So, because they 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 they've been in it a lot, but I never got a chance to play any. But my hats off to uh, the organization, Andy Reid, and uh, the everybody involved that uh, does such a special job. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, what else can you say? Exactly. You know, earlier in the season, it didn't look like they were going to make it very far, but then something just picked up and uh, Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes does every single year in the playoffs. So uh, it looks like they're going to be uh, in uh, for a good good matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. And, um, you know, like I said, just honored to have you on here. And, and Willie, just want to be able to just talk to you a little bit and just talk about uh, your life your faith, your playing career, and all of that. So um, start off, Willie, explain a little bit about your uh, your life and, and um, how you got started and, and into football. Uh, I grew up in Arkansas. I'm from Pine Bluff, and um, I had the fortunate to have both parents that were professionals. My dad and mom met at Michigan State. Uh, my dad was the first one from his family to go to college. He was a zoology major, and uh, he was off-state football and basketball as well from a Merrill High School in Palm Bluff, Arkansas, back then, the segregated high school. And uh, if you remember, if people, fans don't know, uh, a lot of athletes, if they didn't go to the black colleges, went up north to play in Michigan. That's Michigan State started a lot of a lot of those athletes. Now, in California, some started going to USC. But then on, on the East Coast, they were going to Michigan State. So uh, my dad went up there and hurt his knee, never really got a chance to play. But uh, him and my mom were met on a blind date. He went to dental school at Howard. At that time, if you were a black professional going in the medical field, you either went to Howard or Meharry in Tennessee. My uncle went to Meharry and became an OBGYN. And my dad moved back to Arkansas and opened up a practice with my uncle. And uh, my mom, I grew up, had a great childhood, two older sisters, one younger brother. And um, me and my brother started playing football. Uh, we started Watching football at a young age, he was a Cowboy fan back then. He's a Raider fan. Now, I was a Steeler fan. Bradshaw okay. went to my school. I'm, I went to Louisiana Tech. Bradshaw went to Louisiana Tech. I just saw him because they have statues of us out there now and Fred Dean. But anyway, uh, 
I was a Steeler fan growing up. And, uh, you know, I, Sunday back then after the games, you go out in the yard and you play. So yep. every Sunday, we neighbors would come over and you play pickup football. So that's how we started playing sports in the yard, kickball, you know, whatever kind of ball you want to, hot potato. But we uh, we played sports from, I can't, I can't remember, organized. T- I was 10, he was 8, and we joined the team. I'm from the east side of Pablo, called the East Side Panthers. And uh, that's when my football career began. And uh, I was a thin kid. I was tall. I was always, he was the shortest. I was the tallest on the team, pretty much. And uh, started playing basketball about, about seventh grade. And, um, uh, you know, throughout high school football, and uh, we had a big program, Pomelo Five Zebras. I went to high school where Tory Hunter went to school, and okay. before I went there, it was some guy, Eric Mitchell, Curtis Williamson, uh, Earl Campbell, Earl Buckingham. A few of them, he went to Arkansas, but a couple of them went to OU. So the Razorbacks got mad because they went there with Keith Jackson went there in the mid eighties when Bob okay. Ruff and all those guys were there. So uh, a couple guys from my school, but I wasn't heavily recruited, and. Um, uh, I get to high school, and uh, it was two guys on my team that were all state. We made it to the quarterfinals. I was playing basketball the year before my senior. I went to basketball camp when Pippen came out of UCA, so I had a couple basketball offers. And then they, uh, Louisiana Tech was going Division One. Came to see a couple of my teammates through all state. They offered and went on a recruiting trip. They both backed out and went to Arkansas State. Larry Lakeswell was the head coach at Arkansas State. Soon after that, he went to join the, the Cowboys staff, uh, organization. But then I went to Louisiana Tech when they saw me and I committed, and I went on down to Louisiana Tech. And I, I also say this, uh, I grew up Episcopalian and Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad's dad uh, didn't get past the third grade. He had to go to work. My grandmother didn't get past the eighth grade. But they were firm believers in God and and, and family, and uh, that was their stronghold. And uh, my dad had eight brothers and sisters, and uh, from that offspring came doctors, lawyers, and uh, people going to college. And and uh, so you know, from from people that didn't get weren't as well educated, you have two doctors who, who are sons. So, like I said, uh, God is always good. It was good to them and. They were so proud growing up. My dad had us cleaning the office, me and the cousins. So we, when I was about the seven, sixth, seventh grade, we would go uh, on in the summertime, and we would go clock in, get two dollars an hour, and he would have us cleaning the office to get money. So, and then I worked at the convention center maintenance in high school. But uh, you know, he he was into you working hard for you know and not giving you a lot. And uh, my grandfather, we called him Doc. Uh, he was a special man, and uh, like I said, uh, you know, I was the I was the crucifer and acolyte on the Episcopal side mm-hmm. growing up. I got confirmed at twelve, and uh, on the Baptist side, I would go to the Baptist church. They had a summer program, and my grandfather was the associate pastor, so he was always one. Of, if people know Southern Baptists. He would get up and give the long prayer before the sermon and thanking God and everything. So that's what he did. I don't, I don't remember ever hearing him preach. But he would get that long prayer before the sermon every week, so he was he was happy to do that. And uh, like I said, so that was my that was my childhood growing up. It was it was uh, my family was centered around the church in a lot of aspects. Wow! So let's talk about your college uh, real quick. So when you went to Louisiana Tech, um, did you have any aspirations at all of one day being in the NFL? No, no, no. <laughs> I was happy to get a scholarship. So I'll tell you a story. 
I get recruited to La Tech, and um, my uh, my head coach was Joe Women Peace. We ran a post set office. We were going to Division One. His brother-in-law was Joe Ferguson, so he was a quarterback's coach that coached 20, that played 20 years. He was our quarterback's coach. Pat Tilly was our receiver's coach. The offensive line coach was uh, was P.D. Piro, who played eight years, who was coached by Vermeer, and I was coached by Vermeer. And then we had um, the D-line coach that came there while I was there with Bill Johnson, who coached in the league a long time. But anyway, when I got, when I got recruited, my roommate was Doug Evans, who played 11 years in the league. When I came on a recruiting trip, they said, we on, we, we, are we on a recruiting trip with a basketball player? I had played a basketball game that Friday and came up, got there late. But I was like 2.30, soaking wet when I got to that. So they did a, they flipped the coin on which, was I going to play offensive line or defensive line? And uh, never thought I was going to play tight end, but either the offensive line or defensive line. And boom, uh, Coach P. Rowe and I moved the offensive line. So I get the lot of tech. I get red-shirted. Uh, my red-shirt freshman, I was about 250. And uh, I started most of the year, my red-shirt year, pretty much all the year. And um, that was it. Uh, we had to go, and uh, we ran the pro set offense, so we flipped the formation. So there was no left tackle. I was the weaker quick tackle. So it would be an H-back. Gerald Kennedy was behind me. Like on my hip, right? We would pull the counter or we would double team block this way. But I went opposite the tight end unless it was a two tight end set. So for four years at La Tech, we flipped the formation. So I, you had to play both sides. Okay. Do you attribute that playing both sides to kind of how you really got to be to be good at the position? Well, I played right tackle my rookie year. Yeah. I, I, okay. I, yeah. I, I attributed to long arms, the basketball, being real athletic okay. and real good feet. And as what happened, I ran a four nine when I got there. Whereas I got bigger, I didn't get slower. I got quicker. So the plow metrics, the power cleans, the lifting, you know, I didn't slow down. So it was a blessing to be that athletic. And I was real athletic. I could dunk. I could play basketball the whole time. So I was very athletic, and uh, that was pretty much it. And uh, you know, to go from a two star recruit to being a top ten pick, you know, was a lot of pressure for me when I went pro. Uh, we had Eddie Brown, Antonio Brown's dad. Was, we got him from Fort Scott Jr. We had a lot of props, a lot of JUCO guys. So uh, guys before me that got a tryout, that was a big deal. And then we had Derek Douglas, the running back, get drafted in the fifth, sixth round. We had Michael Ray Richardson go to Canada. So guys that were getting trials and came back to our college, Eddie went to, got a trial with the Arizona Cardinals back then, you know, Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, that was a big deal for Bobby Slaughter got a trial with the 49ers. That was a big deal. So we go from that to in my class, we have four or five guys, five guys went pro and four got drafted. It was me in the first round because we were, we went eight and three and went to the end of Pittsburgh 90. And, and we were five and six my senior year. We beat barely available. We were five and six, but our defense was ranked first and second in the country. I went first. Myron Baker went fourth. Artie Smith went fifth, Doug Evans went sixth, and my roommate Van Rollins had switched the O-line his, his uh, senior year. If he hadn't broke his ankle, he would have got drafted. He went, he got, un, he was un, undrafted, but we had five guys making it in the pros from our class. Wow. So just thinking about you, you said you came into 
uh, college with no NFL aspirations at all. Uh, about what time in your college career did you think, you know what, I might be able to make it in the NFL? Probably about the rest of sophomore year. We we had a real good team. You know you know how it is, just like the pros. We had a good team. And when you start winning, they break up the staff. We went 8-3. and three. We beat Colorado State the last game of the year to get a bid to the Independence Bowl. You know, we played Auburn, kicked the field goal to beat us that year. They were ranked fifth in the country. So we played a lot of SEC schools. We played the MAC Conference. We went to Saluki, Southern Illinois, Northern Illinois. So we went all over and, and played mostly on the road to make money for the university. But uh, after my red start sophomore year, I was about 270, running 4'8", and I was like, I know I'm pretty big, I'm fast, and uh, and I knew that, that I had some abilities that I didn't think a lot of guys had. So I thought about my registered junior year. We played UTEP the last game, and we hit, our running back had a real good year. Jason Davis had 1,300 yards rushing. We, we rushed for 200 against them up at their house. And I thought about coming out, but uh, it was it, I needed to go back and um, – I might have been second, third round pick if I come out my junior after my red shirt junior year, but I went back and um, you know I was a consensus All American and um, you know, I'm in the College Football Hall of Fame because of that senior year. We played Bama in '92 and that was my coming out game. And I remember we, uh, my coach P. Roy P. said, Willie, you want to wear some diamonds and go pro, go high. You need to go play good against Bama, Eric Curry. So. I went out there and had a good game at Legion Field. We played in Birmingham. And uh, I remember that next week, it was a bunch of scouts at our practice. And uh, it went from hardly no scouts to we was about 10 guys every practice, every week. So uh, I know we were on the verge of something. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't think my college teammates really understood that I was going to go that high. Nobody did. So after my same year, I went to Denver and started training, got an agent. I played in the East West. I played in the Hula Bowl in the Y. Shout out to Lou Holtz and coach, the legendary coach, Eddie Robinson. Me and him became friends because, you know, Lou Rustin is right by Grammar. So Eddie Rob, I used to go check on Coach Rob all the time. Uh, I played in the Hula Bowl in the Shrine game. And then I did well at the combine. And I don't think to the time I got drafted, they really understood that I was going to go that high. And we were going to have that many guys drafted because remember, guys had just been getting tryouts. So I go, and they say I'm going between five and ten. And uh, my mother even said, my mother said, I didn't know, I didn't know he was that good in football. All he does is come home and watch movies and eat popcorn and lay up. So my mother <laughs> had no idea. She became a judge, by the way. She went to law school. I thought I was becoming. I thought I was born. I thought I was born. And graduated second in her class, became a state Supreme Court justice in in Arkansas. She said, uh, and then the Court of Appeals. She said, "I didn't know he was he was that good." And uh, so I ended up going top ten, and you know, went down. To, my main thing was when I got drafted, I told my agent because guys had been struggling some, and they had traded Pat Swilling, who was defensive player of the year in '91, from the Saints to Detroit to get me, and we got me and Lonil Lorenzo Neal from Fresno State. But I said. Uh, Make sure I just want to be in camp on time because I want a chance to play. So I got in camp on time and I started every down my rookie year at right tackle. I think one of my one of my favorite things uh, about your story is that you went from two star recruit to uh, at the end of your career, your end of your playing career, being 
considered one of the best, if not the best, offensive lineman to ever play the game. What what do you attribute that success to? We're one of the best tackles. So, you know, you know, <laughs> I, you know, hard work. I was blessed. I was given a gift and I took advantage of it for the most part. I mean, I would, you know, um, when you get to college and then the pros, you play on Sunday, you know, and, uh, you know, you have to watch your lifestyle. You got money, you know, you get caught up some and, uh, and, and, and it was a learning process and I went through, uh, I got off to a real good start, and uh, I was all pro and pro bowl my second and third year, NFC lineman of the year. So uh, once I did that, I said, if once I had five, four or five pro bowls, I said, if I string together some more, I got a chance to go to the hall. So I signed an extension for New Orleans and uh, went to seven straight pro bowls, which was a record at the time. And, um, uh, you know, I, I came in with Ricky Jackson, who is in the hall like me, from the Saints, we were the first two to go, and then Mort. So uh, my deal was, let me get in camp on time, let me play, and that's what I did. And then when I tore my knee, when I got hurt in New Orleans and went to Kansas City, nobody, it was kind of like the college situation. Nobody wanted to touch me, my knee injury, some personal stuff. So I kind of had to start all over again. Incentive-based contract, and I felt like I was when I was coming out of college, but you always have something to prove and uh, you always have to stay on your toes. And uh, I got to Kansas City and made another all-decade team and went to four more Pro Bowls and another three all-pros. So, you know, I, I, I came in playing good and I walked out playing real good. So, I mean, that's the way I, I missed some games my last year and then I had back surgery after I retired. It was my back, but I just, when I got hurt in New Orleans and I had a sour taste in my mouth, I just wanted to finish my career right. And uh, I got to Kansas City and got to play on one of the best lines probably they ever had. And we were able to go up and down the field. We didn't get to make it all the way. Peyton Manis knocked us out the playoffs, but uh, we broke all the rushing records. I mean, Priest Hall broke the record, but for four years, we rushed. We had a 20 touchdown rusher for four years three out of four years, and the one year we didn't, we had 31 rushing touchdowns. But Priest had 20 in my first year, then he had 27 the second year, then we had 31 my third year, and in my fourth year, Priest got hurt, and Larry Johnson started nine games and rushed 1,700 yards, and he had 20 rushing touchdowns. So a lot of teams like LaDamian and them have broke the record, or, or, or Sean Alexander, that was one year. You know what I'm saying? We did it four years. We were what we did rushing the football, I don't in the way the league is, I don't think it will ever be done again. Yeah, no, you guys had a a, a power of a running game in that, and, and obviously the offensive line is key in that running. Offensive line, Tony Gonzalez, Eddie Kennison. We didn't need really, we had Eddie Kennison at receiver and, and Johnny Morton. So you know what I'm saying? It was really offensive yeah. line, Tony Gonzalez. Yep. Yeah, that was a that was a good good line you had there. And um so you didn't get to make it to a Super Bowl. Um, but what what do you what do you say is one of your favorite memories of playing in the NFL? You know, being with the guys, uh, winning that first playoff game in New Orleans was big. They had never won one, and in two thousand, we had let Dicker go in ninety nine, and we hired Haslett and Randy Mueller and Mickey Loomis, who's the, who's running the team now, and bringing those guys together, and winning the playoff game, and um, 
that's my biggest memory in New Orleans. And, you know, and I was from the state, I'm from Arkansas, I went to Louisiana Tech, so I got a lot of love there. Uh, and I'm the first first round pick they ever drafted, not from LSU, Louisiana Tech, by the way. But, um, and then going to Kansas City and just having fun, man, and playing. You know, the good thing about Kansas City is, and it's always been this way, you know, guys are making money and, and, and as talented as Patrick Mahomes and them guys are, guys leave their egos at the door, you know. So, you know, we were a tight-knit group and we looked out for each other. And I think that starts with the ownership and uh, the way the Hunt family has conducted themselves, uh, going back to Lamar Hunt and the AFL. But uh, guys tried to leave their egos at the door for the most part. And we came out there to play. We played as a team and we we did it as a team. and and. You kind of see teams that kind of fall through. And last week, you know, was, you know, watching Baltimore with the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and stuff like that, you know, that's not disciplined football. So we just uh, – we came hard, we worked hard, and we did the best we could. And uh, that's that's all you can do in the game is go out there and play hard with your teammates and uh, hang with them off the field. And, 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 you know, you miss that. But I'm in the hall, so I have another brotherhood I get to hang out with. And I'm I'm proud. To, I'm very. I don't have a, Hall, a Super Bowl ring, but it's only it's, it's less than 400 of us with the gold jacket. So yeah. I'll take the Hall. Well, I know early early on in our podcast, we had uh, another gold jacket Hall of Famer and Dwight Stevenson on um, as well. So Good man, I love yeah. Dwight to pieces. Yeah, he's a, a great man. So, what does being in the Hall mean to you? Oh man, well, <laughs> it was special when you go in the Hall. Your name. My wolf name goes in the hall. So my dad walked across that stage. My dad never got to play. He went to Michigan State. Everybody was there. His his roommate was Herb Baddeley. Uh, 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 Sherman Lewis, Wayne Fox. Uh, uh, Bubba Smith was a freshman when he was a senior. So he got to see all these guys go pro. And, uh, you know, he kind of lived vicariously through me when I started playing football. So walking across that stage is your family. You know, and everything, and 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 then I think it, at that point in my life, it was time for me to get serious. And I got met. I met my wife in Kansas City, and uh, I got in the hall. And the next year, I got married. So I got married. I already had four kids, and she had. I have another daughter, and we, and I have my fourth grandchild on the way. So you know, being a Hall of Famer, I understood it was a lot that comes with that. And uh, you know, you just try to in 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 in. Getting married and getting back reunited with the Lord and, and getting getting my path back right. And that took some time, you know, because you lose you lose your you lose your way some and you lose your focus, especially with this day and age, with the social media and everything. I mean, all that's fine. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Jason, but if you're not walking with God, then you know, this 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 life will come and go, but there is eternal life and we're promised that and uh i understand that and i just want to try to continue to to go in that direction and not worry about all the stuff that i can get caught up with down here i like that and i want to go back to kansas city real quick because right now uh in kansas city across the street from the chief stadium is the fca building right it's just right there and uh, i got to, to visit there one time and and stand at the window and just overlook the stadium it's an absolute beautiful sight to see and um so you were you you know fca and um so what did what has fca meant to you uh in your life 
It was a lot, you know, because when I was at Tech, that's when I got involved going up to the – they would come every week. Coach Baldwin, who was a preacher, not Jerry Baldwin, and, and, and Pat Tilly, they were – it was big and it was important. And I remember Coach Baldwin would come in our dorm, right? We were all in – it's called the Hutchinson, the Hut dorm. So he would walk down the hallways. If he heard us curse, he would tell us, drop him, give him 10 push-ups. So if you curse in front of Coach Baldwin, he would tell you right there, drop and give me 10. And he would say, he would walk down the hallways. Hey, come on up to FCA, guys. Come on up, Willie. Come on up. So he wanted you to get in, be a part of it and to be a part and, and get that get that word in every week because a lot of us weren't going to church. So on the weekends, we were playing games. And on Sunday, we played on Saturday. On Sunday morning, we weren't getting up going to church. We were laying up. Or drink, or doing whatever you were doing in college, but we weren't trying to go to church. You know, a lot of us didn't have, I didn't have a car either. So, but, you know, and then, uh, in the league, they would have Bible, chapel services, stuff, but guys didn't really go to that a lot. Uh, but, uh, no, it was important to, to get that word in. Like I said, I was confirmed at 12 and had to get up on Sunday and go and, uh, you know, did, we didn't have a lot of people. So I had to get up and do the, I had to go either carry the cross, I mean, the, the candle, and then you put them out and light them up, light them up before service and put them out and then walk with, and then eventually I, or I was a crucifix, so I carried the, the cross back and forth. So you had to go to church and be a part of the service, you know, at 10 a.m. in the Episcopal church. So, which is similar to Roman Catholic, but, uh, you know, we didn't, have, some guys might not show up and, and, and it was, you know, it's, you had to go. I had to be in church because I had to be a Christopher and acolyte, and now I had to get up and go. But uh, uh, you know, I didn't, really didn't understand how important it was. I really didn't. Uh, you know, you 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 talk to God, Jason, but you until you really open up, you you don't really know. So you you in and in these day and times, uh, you stay in the Word and. Uh, we're in a group at church at TC3 called Rooted, and we're uh, we went we, every Tuesday, and we you have your round table, and we have a book we go through. I did reengage at Christ Fellowship uh, around 2018, which was helping you for marriage. That lasts for about four months. This is a ten week uh, deal okay. we're having we're having right now with TC3. But uh, you know your devotional, reading your Bible, praying with your family. The other night, our grandchild lives with us. He so he, he wanted my mom and papa to come because Angela prayed. My wife prays with him every night. He said, I want y'all both to come pray with me. And then when I get in the car on the way to school, we I have it in my notes, the Lord's Army song and different little songs. So, you know, it's, it's very important to stay grounded in uh, whatever blessings we have. God has been more than favorable to me in my life. And I understand that now. I didn't understand why I got to stay healthy, why I got to play so long. And like you said, coming from a two-star recruit and, you know, part of the reason my dad never got to play and had to hold dummies to keep his scholarship right with a going ACL. He never had surgery. So I, I think there was a reason why I got to play and it's a reason why I got to go to level. Like you, because football really wasn't my first love, but you know, it, it was it was it was the direction I was supposed to go in, and uh, I'm glad I got to play, and I'm glad I got to play at a high level. But I understand now why 
I got to play football for so long. And, uh, and like I said, my dad was happier when I got married. And he always told me, Willie, you need to get back in the church. Willie, you need to get back in the church. You need to get your, get your relationship back with God. He always would be on me. So uh, that was important to him. And, I was, and that's, uh, you know, that's important to me now. Well, good. Well, I definitely appreciate your time, Willie. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, loved having you on here. And um, before we go, real quick, you uh, you heading out to Vegas this this uh, in a couple of weeks? We're we're heading out Tuesday. We're gonna go and uh, and, uh, and and have a good time. Hopefully, make some appearances. Uh, but normally, we leave before the game. Uh, I coached one year at Santa Monica Junior College, and my good friend I coached with. Uh, has colon cancer, so we're going to go to California and watch the game with him. I already told him I'm coming to see him, so uh, I'm looking forward to going to Vegas and seeing, going to the Hall of Fame luncheon that Friday and seeing some guys that I, you don't get to see that often, but I'm also getting, you know, getting a chance to go see Coach as well, but uh, like I said, I didn't get the chance to go to the Super Bowl, but since the Chiefs are going so much, I feel like I'm I'm a part of it because my one of my teams has, has been going a whole lot lately, so yeah, well, I, from what I hear, once a chief, always a chief. So definitely appreciate it, Willie. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on the FCA Palm Beach County podcast. Now that you're a South Florida resident, we'll be seeing a lot more of each other. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I just want to thank you so much for tuning in this episode of the FCA Palm Beach County podcast. And thank you again to Willie Rowe for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. You know, we couldn't do this ministry without you and your generosity. If you'd like to learn more, please visit our website, fcapbc.org. Again, that's fcapbc.org. If you'd like to support FCA, there will be links in the show notes. Clinics and podcasts take resources to complete, and you make this possible. Thank you for helping us bring coaches and athletes into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church in Palm Beach County. We'll see you next time. Mm